Welcome to the Pokescast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the Wyoming beat writer for the Casper Star Tribune. And I'm joined by Robert Gagliardi, my Border War co-author uh, of our book about the Border War. Robert, uh, we're into the 2022 season and uh, I'm sure the Border War rivals down south are, are licking their chops to play Wyoming this year based on what happened in week zero. Uh, Illinois, 38, Wyoming 6, and Wyoming's passing game is now a social media meme nationally. <laughs> um, wow, I, I was expecting, you know, obviously we picked Illinois to win, and I think, did we both pick Wyoming to cover? I know I did. Um, yeah, we yeah we both did. But, you know, I, I thought that would be more of the defense wilting in the second half and the humidity being they, they're undersized and Illinois is big. I did not expect... Wyoming to break out the 1933 passing game after talking all offseason about it, trying to improve on the 2021 passing game, which was not good, but they would kill to have uh, Levi Williams and Isaiah Nayor this week, I'm guessing, after what happened last week. Yeah, you know, I I was, you know, I think we were all a little optimistic and, and certainly curious to see what, uh, you know, what the passing game was going to hold for Wyoming in this first game. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, Ryan, after what, what was, what was displayed last week, I think any team in the country would be licking its chops to, 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 to face that Wyoming offense, you know, but uh, it's just really surprising, Ryan. I mean, look, first look, I know Illinois is pretty good defensively, you know, their defensive coordinator is one of the up and comers. They, you know, even in his brief time there, they, he's basically got that unit from basically one of the worst in the big 10 to, one of the better ones. So there's some credit that deserves to be given there. However, look, man, it just looked like it was just a struggle for other than the pass protection, which I thought was good. Um, everything was a struggle. I mean, Andrew Peasley struggled with accuracy, you know, reading your stuff and, you know, it sounds like, you know, the receivers and the route running wasn't good. And, you know, it all seemed again, now I'm coming from this as an armchair quarterback and I hate, I hate to do that, but it just seemed like everything that Wyoming tried to do in the past game was very basic and even the basics just were a big time struggle and look you know you know hopefully you know you, they get all that out in one game you know and, and you improve but man it just seemed like it was very demoralizing as a as a Wyoming fan I think and I'm sure most would agree to just see that much of a struggle yeah Illinois was pretty good defensively sure but man, there was there was some big time struggles there, Ryan. And I don't know, you know, do you, you obviously you, you practice, you work on what's what's ailing you, but what do you do? I mean, I've heard this a lot going back to the years I covered them. You know, well, receivers got to run better routes, or they got to get open, they got to get off press coverage. Well, okay, that's true, but we've been hearing this for a long time, Ryan. And I'm like, well, where's where's that improvement at? Or you know, I, I don't know. It just has me kind of scratching my head. Is like, I, I guess you could say they can only go nowhere but up. But man, they got a long way to climb just to be somewhat respectable in the passing game after what we saw last Saturday. Yeah, and let's get into this a little bit here. Before we get into the passing game, let's just talk about Illinois for a second. I mean, they look pretty good, but this is a team, a program that is not at a winning record in 11 years. Okay, this is not Ohio State. Wyoming didn't go to Ohio State. They're not going to Michigan like Colorado State is this weekend. They went to Illinois. Craig Bull said part of the reason they scheduled that was not just to get over a million bucks in payday or to 
recruit in that footprint, it was to compete. They mapped out that they could compete against Illinois and they scheduled it. And that granted was before Brett Bielema took over the program. It was, you know, the Lovey Smith debacle. Okay. So, but just to give you the state of Wyoming's program right now, here's a quote from Chris Brown, uh, the Illinois running back who shredded Wyoming's defense for 151 yards, two rushing touchdowns, caught a touchdown pass 41 seconds into the game. Quote, we've got to be better going into Big Ten play to really make a statement. We did what we were supposed to do today. We all knew we would win this game, but it's going to in their next week against Indiana where we can really make a statement. Illinois, one of the worst Power 5 programs in the country, scheduled Wyoming as Wyoming would a lower FCS team to get a win, to get get some confidence. And in year nine of Craig Bull, that's that's a pretty sad statement, I, I would say. Yeah, you know, and again, Ryan, you mentioned, you know, this was scheduled a long time ago. I know it was scheduled when Craig Bull was 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 the coach, but these were scheduled. I even heard on the TV that, yeah, you know, that, that Craig Bull and Brent Bielma talked to their friends and they know each other that, yeah, let's get this game. No, that, that wasn't the case. These are scheduled. You never know what's going to happen. I agree. I think Illinois is better. Um, I could see them maybe getting bull eligible this year. They're not going to make a lot of noise in the Big Ten, but you know they have some. They have a couple pieces there, and we'll see. And I and I thought, you know, their defense is pretty was good against Wyoming, but I don't know what that necessarily means after what we what the what Wyoming showed on offense. I thought Illinois was very kind of vanilla on on offense. I don't think they showed a ton. Um, I think they're better, but you're right. This is a you know. Yeah, this is a, this is a team in the Big Ten, and it's a Power Five school. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. But at nine years into the program, Ryan, you would think that Wyoming would be a lot more competitive than they than they showed on Saturday. Now we'll see what happens against next week. You know how much better they get, how much they improve. But you're right. You know, I do think Illinois is better than they were last year, and they're making some progress. But you're, I, I agree, they're not, they're not, not even remotely close to the upper echelon in the Big Ten. They're they're middle of the pack at best in the Big Ten, I would say, right now. Yeah, I mean, we'll learn a lot about them Friday. Like Chris Brown said, they're at Indiana. That's a big Friday night Big Ten game where both teams will set the tone, whether they're going to be you know, moving up the ladder or just fighting for a sixth win in a bowl game. But you know, I would say Illinois did look pretty good, uh, especially on defense. Um, but that said, you know, Let's talk about Andrew Peasley. I mean, he's a college student athlete. He's not a pro. He's obviously not going to be in the NFL unless something crazy happens over the next 11 weeks. Um, you hate to to pick on a kid too much, but I'm sorry, five for 20 passing, 30 yards, one interception, no touchdowns, obviously. I mean, whoo. Tommy DeVito was benched at Syracuse and was like a meh portal pickup for Illinois. And he finishes 27 for 37 for 194 yards and two touchdowns. Not exactly, you know, Ohio State again, but still, that's enough for a physical team that runs the ball and plays good defense to win and win big in this case. But, you know, Andrew Peasley, you know, I, He's going to be the starter again at Tulsa. I think it's kind of disturbing also that Jaden Clemens credit him for battling and, and fighting, but he's the number two. He's a walk-on. 
Um, you know, Craig basically said, you know, he did think about benching Peasley in that game because it was so bad, but you know, the, the wide receivers weren't going to get open for Clemens either. So uh, really a, a disastrous start in the passing game for Wyoming. There, there's no other way to sugarcoat it. No, there, there's not, you know, and certainly Peasley had his struggles. You know, there were some missed throws, um, you know, timing was off. Maybe, you know, look, it's his first, you know, at least college start at Wyoming, you know, first game of the year, you know, blah, blah. I'm sure there were some nerves, but that, that needs to go away after, you know, usually, you know, your first pass, I know they tried to get him going early in the, in the game with some short throws didn't really work, but there were all, there were some drops, um, you know, and whatever, whether Illinois was just that good defensively in the secondary or the, or the routes were just that slow to developing. It just seemed like everything or a lot of the things were just in slow motion. I mean, and it also seemed to me, Ryan, again, hate this whole armchair quarterback thing, but it seemed like Illinois in the secondary, you know, they tried to do some, not, not a ton of stuff downfield, but I mean, Peasley should have easily had three picks there and a couple maybe could have been pick sixes. And it just seemed like those guys were just, they saw that coming from 10, 15 yards away. You know, it's like, I don't know if, you know, again, if it's, if it's reads, if it's route running, if it's all of those things. And I know Craig Bull has alluded, alluded to that early this week. You know, yeah, you know, we couldn't get open and there were some other issues aside from Andrew Peasley. But, but that's got to get fixed, man. But it, it was just it was just a debacle. And I think, you know, yeah, is it early to, you know, to bench Peasley after one start, albeit as horrendous as it was? Yeah, I, I, I agree. But then, you know, look, whether well, look, whether it's Jane Clemens that won the backup spot with Good for him, you know. As as you wrote, Ryan, you know, the kid just kept boxing, kind of just kept battling in camp. Look, these coaches are paid to put the best guys out there. They're not just going to start, or whether it's starters or it's guys on the depth chart, they're not just going to put them there to put them there. If if Jaden Clemens proved he's the the number two guy, good for him. But if we're even talking at this point that you're going to your backup quarterback, that's the issue. Um, I don't care if the, if you or I are the backup quarterback, if you're already going to that or even that's that's maybe an option then that that's where the underlying issue is so we'll see if they can bounce back you know I don't they just got a lot to do and you know I know Craig I Craig's probably told you this Monday Ryan and he said this to to me and a lot of other media members is like you know we you know teams tend to make their biggest improvement from between game one and game two well let's certainly hope that's the case for the Cowboys because there's a lot of improvement there and a lot of improvement has to be made just for this team to be competitive, not just, you know, maybe have a chance to win just to be competitive. This team has a lot of improvement to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I don't think uh, fans ever mention this or think about it, but just one thing, I mean, there are no excuses to have an offense like this, but I was just thinking about it, you know, and they just, you know, the big 10 just signed a a new media rights deal. That's going to be coming online in the years to come where they're going to, basically be raking in a billion dollars a year in, in TV revenue. Uh, you know, the Mountain West, you know, w- what are teams getting? Five, six million per team at the most. Um, these teams are going to be getting, you know, between 70 and 100 million per year. I mean, there's no excuses, but the separation between the SEC and the Big Ten and even te- conferences like the Pac-12 is so great that, Illinois, like we said, a bottom-feeding Big Ten team can say, you know what, our offense really wasn't great in year one under Bielema. Let's go get the Texas-San Antonio offensive coordinator who's doing a great job down there. And, of course, he's going to be like, oh, yeah, that's what I'm going to get paid up there, of course. 
Whereas Wyoming, you know, everyone was, you know, so critical of their previous offensive coordinator. So what does Bull do? I mean, it's his decision, but he goes and gets Iowa's offensive line coach to be offensive coordinator, Tim Polisic. I mean, no offense, but Iowa's offense is not modern. It is smash mouth, boring, and it's the weakest link. You know, they win on special teams and defense. So, you know, I'm not saying if Bull had a, a big coaching salary uh, pool to work with that he would go out and get some dynamic, you know, coordinator from Conference USA, but but that's what Illinois did. And Wyoming got, you know, a, a Big Ten offensive line coach who just wanted to call plays. And, you know, you get what you get. That's that's a good point, and you know, you know, I know the coaching pool has improved at Wyoming over the years. Uh, obviously, like you said, Ryan, compared to apples and oranges to what you know, Power Five programs are doing and stuff like that. But you know, again, I'm when I when I'm saying this, I'm not coming down on on these on these kids because these are these are these are kids just trying to you know that are playing college football. But look, let's say if Wyoming had you know the the next up and coming offensive coordinator or some you know whoever young old just proven guy or you know young up and comer and they wanted to do a lot of the you know whether it was tempo or or spread or air raid or whatever it might be right do they have the personnel to do that because we saw on saturday and we've seen over the last few years with this program that just the you know the pro style offense i know that you know the the you know the route tree and all that stuff it's pretty complex i i understand well i don't understand it but I, i i get that but what we saw on Saturday, you know, it's not like there's they're crossing all over the field and there's this, there's reads, there's all this stuff going on. They can't do that, okay? Or at least they've struggled to do that at very best, okay? So if you bring in, a, you know, whoever your coordinator is and you want to do all these other things offensively, I'll just say, does Wyoming have the personnel to be able to do those things? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I'm not saying Tim Polisek can't become a good offensive coordinator, and certainly, you know, the last time Wyoming was in Illinois last year, I was just thinking about, I mean, the play calling was exquisite for parts of that game. And you think about that last drive, Chambers had to win it on a bootleg where, you know, no one in the stadium saw that coming. I mean, Bull has said the difference between throttling Utah State and then just looking really poor against Hawaii. It's not just the attitude and stuff. It's just execution. You know, it's the same plays being called it's execution and matchups and let's face it Wyoming right now is not able to match up with a big 10 team so I think that's why you have to at least give you know Polisek and Peasley and these receivers a chance to see what they can do against Tulsa this weekend Tulsa is a group of five program from the American that is in a similar position to Wyoming they lost a lot of guys that were seniors you know a first round draft pick from their offensive line, they're replacing all five offensive linemen starters. Um, they do have a returning quarterback, but you know they have a lot of new guys. A lot of transfers came in, a lot went out. So let's see if Wyoming can match up with a like program, and you know maybe Paul Sex plays will look a lot better, you know, against that defense. But I will tell you this: uh, yeah, Craig Bull said they have a lot of respect for Tulsa, and he's sure Tulsa has a lot of respect for Wyoming, and I'm sure that's true based on their last matchup a few years ago. But Tulsa does not have respect for Wyoming's passing game. Nobody does. So they're going to have their safeties up in the box. They're going to try to stop Titus Swin, and it's completely up to Peasley and these receivers to connect 
and beat press coverage and hit those passes for big plays because it's going to be there. They're be- going to beg you to do it, but can you do it? So far, they can't do it. Yeah, they certainly didn't. I guess I'll ask you this, Ryan. I mean, look, 38 to 6, you know, the numbers show, you know, the other than the fact that the final gun sounded as being a positive, were, were there some positives that you took from this game last yes, Saturday? there were. You know, I was watching it, and Peasley was not touched. He was not sacked. He, he was rolling to the right all game long, just looking, 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 which, you know, makes what Bull and, and those guys are saying about the receivers not getting separation. I believe that. No one was open. And when he did put it on their chest, it was a tough throw, tough, tight window, and guys didn't come up with contested catches. You know, if Trayton Welch, who thinks he might have come down with that one in the end zone, which would have tied at 7-7, and maybe it's a more competitive game if he does that, you know, if he makes that play, you know, if there was a drop by Titus early on, another drop, you know, they, they couldn't get in a rhythm early, and that's what they really needed to do, and then you know, I, I do agree that Ryan Walters is a star defensive coordinator and that they have some dudes in the secondary and they have, you know, a dude at running back and a dude at receiver and some huge offensive linemen and defensive linemen. So, um, you know, all is not completely lost. I think the offensive line is a huge positive. Titus Swin gashed Illinois when when they were going over that right side. They didn't do it enough. Uh, he sustained a rib injury that might have slowed that down. Um, he says he's good to go. I talked to him Monday. He said he will be playing against Tulsa, but that it was a long flight back, you know, with sore ribs and, and a 38-6 loss. So, you know, I, I think uh, that's a bright spot that, you know, Titus looked good, 98 yards against Illinois, against a defense that didn't have to worry about the passing game. So mm-hmm. the offensive line good looked good. Like I said, Emmanuel Pregnon at right guard looks really good next to Frank Crum. Um, so that's a positive. I think um, the defense, if you want to look at positives there, I think one thing is they missed a lot of tackles, and I think those are correctable things. I think they can correct that. Um, I think considering you know how thin they are at the defensive end position, how big Illinois' offensive line was. They held up pretty well along the defensive line. Um, you know, the secondary um, had cramping issues, unfortunately. Keontae Clinton had to go out for a lot of the game, and they just didn't have anyone capable of playing that position, which is one of the most important on the team. So that is something you assume he'll be able to, you know, play the whole game against Tulsa. Uh you know, Wyatt Eckler was playing really great football at safety in the first half, and then he had cramping issues and was out for most of the second half. So there there are things to build on. I think the defense will be better with all their guys not cramping up. Uh, in Laramie, presumably, you know, there were no major injuries. They held up physically uh, despite being thin at certain positions. So uh, there were positives. I think you know, Easton Gibbs and, and the defensive ends are undersized, and that's problematic against Illinois. But their pursuit of the ball, you know, as Easton talked about during fall camp, they're smaller, but they're also a lot faster. They had great pursuit on the ball. Unfortunately, that was downfield a lot of times. So there are some things to build on for sure. Yeah, I, I think those things you mentioned, Ryan, were some of the things that caught my mind. I, you know, I thought Shea, and I'm going to botch his last name, Shea, number 43. I thought he really 
you know, he's been kind of waiting his turn. I thought he played really well in against Illinois. I like him and Gibbs at linebacker there. Um, I'm just not going to compare him to the other guys they've had, but I do. I think I think they're in good shape there. Um, I thought that, you know, I really thought Cole God, Goodbow and Jordan Burton only really held their own inside uh, defensive tackle. I know they rotated a couple other guys, but not a lot. They were in there a lot. I thought they held their own. Would have liked to see more, uh, you know, you mentioned Peasley really, you know, the pass projection for Wyoming, and I, and I agree with that. Wyoming didn't get a whole lot of pressure on, on Illinois, but Illinois, a lot of the passes were short, quick release, you know, but they're going to have to get a pass rush. But I thought the interior of the line held up pretty well. Um, kind of surprising with that cramping. You're right. Those are hopefully things that are correctable. But, you know, when you train at altitude and they, they, they stress the hydration, but, you know, those things happen. I guess you don't have control over that. Um, you know, it and was I, hot and humid down on the right. It was really bad. So, you know, um, I, I, I agreed with you. I thought Swen looked good. Um, I don't like when he leaves his feet. Uh, you know, he's not a hurdler. I'm not saying he couldn't be, but you know, don't do that. That's how he's going to get hurt. You know, you, you love that aggressiveness, but that's, that's scary. Um, I, yeah. And then the offensive line, you know, if, if, if Wyman will give itself a chance to at least be six, be somewhat successful on offense, just based on that offensive line play from last week, if they can get that every game for the most part, they're going to give themselves a chance to be able to try to execute plays. Okay. So that, that was encouraging too. Um, but other than that, Ryan, I mean, you know, I thought at times the defense, you know, also kind of wore down, but they, they did some good things kind of same with the offense, you know, Swin ran it well, but there was nothing good about the the offense other than the Swin in the offensive line. I'm sorry. They're just, there just wasn't. And, you know, maybe one of the better things that happened in that game was when that final buzzer or gun sounded, because that just, that was rough, but that's why you play. That's why you play them. It's one of 12 or one of 11 uh, or whatever, one of 12. Uh, you see what next week holds, but there's a lot of improvements that need to be made against, you know, one thing I know about Tulsa Ryan is you know, lost a lot of guys, but you know, they recruit Texas a lot like Wyoming. They recruit, you know, they'll have some athletes, um, you know, they've had, they're pretty solid. Um, you know, maybe it, it'll be a well-matched game, but you're right. I don't care. There's probably respect all over the place, but if I'm looking, if I'm looking at Wyoming's pass game and I'm Tulsa's defensive coordinator, it's like, guys, if we just do our jobs, we'll, we'll stone these guys. Yeah. You know, there's no way these guys can beat us if we just simply do our jobs. And that's, we'll see how Wyoming tries to counter that on Saturday. All right, Robert, I've had, some harsh things to say about Wyoming football. So let me be self-critical because there was one thing worse than their performance. And that was my performance in week zero picks against the spread. We picked all five mountain West games and I was and five against the spread, even though I picked the five winners straight up. That's why Las Vegas has giant hotels and casinos. Uh, erected seemingly every year. Uh, you were two and three, which is fine. Um, that's still losing money. That's still why. That's another <laughs> reason why Vegas has all those big buildings and casinos and fancy things. Because uh, two and three certainly is is you know better than zero and five, I suppose. But that's uh, that's still that's still on the short end of the stick. So um, I'm making a new rule for week one. We are not going to bother picking. Uh, FBS versus FCS games because first of all it's hard to find the spreads and second of all 
I mean, you don't know if UNLV is going to thrash Idaho State or just beat them soundly, and they thrashed them. And I, for some reason, went with the Fighting Vanderwalls to cover that. So um, let's just mention the Mountain West versus FCS, and you can give a quick comment. We won't pick those uh, in our contest because I, I'm awful. Okay. Uh, Thursday night, Robert. Cal Poly at Fresno State, 8.30 p.m., FS1. Uh, this is just a, a tune-up game for Fresno State like Illinois was, like Wyoming was for Illinois. I think uh, the Bulldogs will get off to a very fast start. You know, high expectations there. Um, I think they'll get their season off on a, on, a, on a real good note. You know, maybe Cal Poly hangs in there a little bit. Uh, I think this will be dominated by the Bulldogs. Yeah, and same story, same night, San Jose State is hosting Portland State. You know, Portland State, you know, they have their moments, but it's a really hard place to win, even in the, the big sky. So uh, I think same thing for Shavon uh, Cordero and the Spartans. They get off to a nice start and get things humming. I agree, but I I think Portland State maybe hangs around there with, them, with, with the Spartans a little bit. I certainly think the Spartans win it. Maybe it, if the score may not indicate, but I think Portland State hangs around there for a little bit. Uh, then on Saturday, there's two more. Uh, they're a little more interesting. Uh, Northern Iowa uh, is at Air Force. Uh, Troy Calhoun tried to downplay my number one vote. I picked them to win the Mountain Division, saying that, oh, all of our you know best players have major offseason surgery. I think he's just downplaying how good they are. They're going to be favored in – uh, I saw one tweet where they're going to be favored at least preseason wise in all, in every game. Uh, Air Force will roll over uh, Kurt Warner's alma mater. I think. You know, Air Force does schedule usually an FCS team in their first one, and they usually roll them, but they're usually poor. Northern Iowa's pretty good, and I certainly think Air Force wins. Um, they'll probably be you know somewhat convincingly, but. This this could be an interesting game, maybe at least for a little while, Ryan. I don't, you know, I certainly, and I probably even agree with you about your pick about Air Force winning the the, the division. But I think this could be a pretty interesting game. Um, I think Air Force wins. Maybe I'm not, you know, I know we're not picking point spreads. Maybe by a couple touchdowns or maybe more. But Northern Iowa's pretty good, so I think this could be a pretty interesting game. Yeah, and I don't think you know cadets look ahead or lose focus, but Air Force does host Colorado. Um, the next weekend down at the academy, and the Buffs haven't been down there in, a, you know, close to a half century. So uh, I know they'll be pumped for that game. Um, this one, I have no idea how good Maine is at football, but Maine, Maine is traveling all the way from Maine to Albuquerque to play New Mexico. Uh, you know, I think Rocky Long's supposed to have his best defense since going back to New Mexico for this time. Um, so I, I think uh, the Lobos will will shut Maine down and, and grind out a, one of their few wins this year. I agree. Um, I know there's a lot of excitement for New Mexico football now, um, or it seems like there is from what I'm reading, and that's great. Um, but that's a long way to go. I don't think Maine's very good. I don't think Maine's been very good at football for a while. Um, I don't know how many points New Mexico scores, but they I, I'd be surprised if Maine scores more than 10 points. All right, let's get into our picks. Uh, week one picks. We'll start out with Colorado State at number eight, Michigan, 10 a.m. on ABC. Huge stage for the Rams as Jay Norvell gets his uh, CSU tenure off against Jim Harbaugh and company. 
The Wolverines are 30 and a half point favorites, even though they are treating this as a preseason game and starting uh, one quarterback and uh, announcing that the next week against Hawaii, they'll start a different quarterback. And they're treating these Mountain West teams as exhibition games, basically, to figure out who their best quarterback is. Um, given that mindset and Jay Norville's ability to, you know, design really good passing attacks, uh, I'm going to take the Rams to cover 30 and a half. I'm going to as well. Um, we'll just see just how much of a difference a coach makes, Ryan. I mean, again, it's just one game and it is Michigan and coming off a season, but we'll just see a lot of those guys follow Jay Norvell from Nevada there. You know, according to everyone you, you talk to down there that, you know, even Adazio and guys have been recruiting well. So let's just see. I I, th- I agree. I think CSU covers, maybe not by much, but maybe it's a pretty competitive game. But we'll just see. You know, it's an interesting way for the Jay Norvell uh, era to get started there. But I do think the Rams cover that. All right. Next game, Arizona at San Diego State, 1.30 p.m. on CBS. So the Aztecs also on national television um and they are a six point favorite over arizona i'm taking arizona to cover if not win i just don't like uh, the distractions at san diego state right now with rumors about them going to the pac-12 and also a sexual assault scandal um with three of their players including matt ariza the punt god that was just cut by the bills too many distractions for me i know they're opening a new stadium i know arizona's rebuilding but I'm going Wildcats. You know, it's the same MO for San Diego State every year, Ryan, or it seems like it's been is like, you know, they're going to be able to run the ball. They're going to be very physical defensively. They're going to, you know, but if they just get average quarterback play, this team could be really special. Um, You're right. The distractions are are something, you know, new now, but I still think with the new stadium and and stuff, I'm going to, I'm going to pick the Aztecs and I'm going to pick the Aztecs to cover that. I think Arizona, Maybe Jetfish gets them going, but it's still a ways to go. So I think the Aztecs get off to a good start, and they will cover that. All right, next one we don't have to spend much time on. Texas State at Nevada, 3.30 p.m. This is a pick em. I'm going to say Nevada wins by one point. I'll pick Nevada. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it was a decent showing at New Mexico State. They look good defensively. don't know if they're going to be a, a juggernaut in, the, in, that, in their division, but I think at home, their opener, I think that the Wolfpack take care of business. And then we have uh, Utah State reigning Mountain West champion at Alabama, reigning SEC champion, although they did lose in the national championship game to Georgia. This is 530 on the SEC network. Bama coming off last year's quote-unquote rebuilding year is a 41-and-a-half-point favorite. I am going to take Bama because they're Bama. Yeah. But you know what, Ryan? I know, I know Utah State got off to a slow start with you, but I think Utah wasn't UConn up like fourteen to nothing yeah. in the early in the game, and then you know Utah State must have got the wake up call. You know they got a good quarterback, they got some guys. I mean, I forty one points, and look, Alabama. I could certainly see. I, I'm going to take Utah State to cover that. Um, now maybe it's just going to be by like thirty nine. I don't know, but I'm going to take Utah State to cover that. All right, Boise State at Oregon State. This is going to be a really good game, 8.30 p.m. ESPN. The Beavers are favored by three, and I'm going to go with the Beavers. I think they win. I think uh, 
I just, I want to see it, you know, like Wyoming needs to prove it on offense at some point. I think, uh, you know, Andy Avalos, same thing. I mean, he's a defensive guy. Um, you know, is he going to let, you know, the offense look like a vintage Boise state team, or are they going to look like last year when they're seven and five? Uh, I think Oregon state has a really good offense. So uh, I'm going to take Oregon state at home. You know, I think if, 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 Boise State can get back to running the ball like they have. I think they're going to have a chance to be really good again. Um, but I'm kind of like you. I'm not sure what to think of Boise. I know there's some guys. They obviously got guys. They're going to probably be fine. But I like what Oregon State's trying to do, and I think this is a big game for them, even though it's you know against a Mountain West team. But to get their season off, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm going to take the Beavers to cover this one. And then before we get to Wyoming, one more uh, Tulsa at Hawaii. Um I'm sorry, Western Kentucky at Hawaii, 9.59 p.m. Uh, the Hilltoppers, 16-point favorites. Hawaii got just punked by Vanderbilt, you know, the worst program in the SEC. I will take Western Kentucky. I'm uh, not going with Mountain West this week, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, that, that's a that score surprised me. It was, I think it was 21 to 10 at halftime. And then it was ended up being 63 to 10 for Vanderbilt. I don't, I don't know. This one's tough. I know Western Kentucky played a zero week game and I think they got beat by Florida Atlantic, I believe. I don't know. I have, I'll be honest with you. I have no basis on this, but I think Hawaii bounces. I think they at least cover that. I think Western Kentucky probably wins, but I think, uh, I think Hawaii just bounces back and they somehow cover that. So I'm going to go with that. All right. And finally, Tulsa at Wyoming, 1.30 p.m., FS1, uh, home opener for the Pokes, and they are six-and-a-half-point dogs at home against a rebuilding Tulsa squad. I'm going to stick with my anti-Mountain West theme this week and go with Tulsa. You can't beat any FBS team if you can't pass the ball, and I want to see Peasley and those guys complete some passes before I – you know, flip the switch to thinking they're going to turn this around and, and get to a bowl or anything like that. I'm kind of with you, Ryan. I know early on it was about four points, so the the line's gone up with that. But trying to be a pessimist here, but I'm I'm with you. I got to see a lot more. You know, I think maybe if the defense can maybe force some turnovers, maybe give them a short field, get you know get them off to a good start, maybe get that offense some confidence early. But no matter what, the offense got to get off to a good start and obviously be consistent. But man, after last week, I just it's really hard not to, to to pick. It's it's hard to pick Wyoming just based on the numbers we saw. So I, I'm with you. I'm I'm taking Tulsa in the points, and I hope hope we're wrong. But based on you know, till we see something different, oof, it's hard. It's hard to really just consciously pick Wyoming to to, to win or even cover that after what we saw. But like I said at the top of this segment, I was zero and five last week. So if you're fading me, that which you should be doing. You should be uh, all over the pokes this weekend. And I will say this. I think this is the key of the game. But beyond Peasley completing some passes here is, you know, their returning quarterback, Davis Brin, is a good player. I think, you know, over 3,000 yards passing last year, uh, a big guy. But like I said, all five offensive linemen are new starters. And he had 18 touchdowns last year, but also 16 interceptions. Wyoming needs – you know, a Ja'Cory Hawkins pick six or a Keontae Glinton play, something to help the offense a little bit uh, win that turnover battle, which they lost uh, 2-0 at Illinois. That's their shot in this thing. 
That's their shot. And also, Ryan, back to the offense and whether they do it running or passing or even it's by penalty, they got to get, they got to stay on the field and they got to convert third downs. They what one of 12 or whatever it was last week. And that one came when the game was already over, was late. Got to get, they got to stay on the field. I don't care. Hey, look, if they can somehow eke out a win by running it 50 times and throwing it five, great. We know that's not a, a formula for success long term. But they got to stay on the field. They got to convert third downs, whether it's long, short, medium, whatever. Um, I agree with you on the defense, but on offense, they got to stay on the field. They got to convert some third downs. All right, Robert. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And hope to see uh, a lot of you at War Memorial Stadium, even though the Pokes are limping into that opener. Uh, Follow all of my work at Trib.com and if you haven't read uh, the book that Robert and I wrote uh, a few years ago on the Border War, check that out. Available at Amazon, UW Bookstore, wherever you uh, get your books. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week.